Today's message was recorded for Wednesday, July 22nd, 2020. I'd like to welcome you to Central Park Neighborhood Church once again to our Wednesday night class. We've been looking at the subject of the life of Joseph, and we began this series with um, considering seasons, seasons in life. And as we look at the life of Joseph, we're going to find that he passed through many seasons, many tests along his way to bring him to the destiny that God had for him. And likewise, in our own personal lives, we find that we go through different seasons and different times. And each season uh, is be- has a beauty in its time, has a beauty in its fulfillment, and brings a an addition to our lives. So the season that we're in, once again, the season that you're in, get the most out of your season. Learn the lessons out of the season that you're in and apply them and let them change and modify your life and your thought process as God brings you along in your journey. We really began to look at Joseph and the family that he was born into and In our last session, we looked at and considered the attitudes that were in this family between all of the wives of Jacob, and we've seen things like envy. We've seen things that uh, people were just having a struggle getting along and having a struggle trying to win the heart of the father of the family, and we see the contention and the the envy and the strife and the things that were said in this whole structure. And Joseph was right in the middle of all of that, of course. And um, and as we continue on and we begin to look and we considered the attitudes of the brothers and the probably the sisters too concerning the life of Joseph and how they responded to him and we left off with, and we'll just review just a couple of these things, and that is in the brothers' attitudes, uh, they hated him. The reason they hated him is because uh, his father had given him a coat of many colors, a, a coat of distinction. Uh, really, it was the place of the firstborn in the family, and he really wasn't the firstborn in the family. Reuben was the firstborn in the family. And those rights and privileges should have went to Reuben. But instead, uh, Jacob uh, adorned his son, gave him a coat of many colors, and it signified to them who he was and what he was in the eyes of his father. So they hated him. They hated him. They, they disliked him altogether. In Genesis chapter 37, verse 4, And when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all of his brethren, they hated him. Not only did they hate him, but the Bible says that they could not speak peaceably unto him. Uh, Their speech was one of rejection. Their speech was one of tearing him down. Their speech was one of holding him aloof from uh, being a partaker of the life of the family and the life of each other. So they couldn't speak peacefully to him. But then you'll find as, as his life progresses that God gives him a couple of dreams And you'll find this also in Genesis chapter 37. And uh, he expresses his dreams to his family, to his brethren, to his mom and his dad, and and so on and so on. And that caused a whole uh, another level of uh, 
conversation of attitudes that came towards Joseph. On one side, his brothers envied him because they didn't have a dream. They didn't have a dream that God had given them, but God had given this young man, Joseph, a dream. And they obviously recognized the voice of God in this dream because they responded to it. Their response, his brother's response, was one of envy. Envy, which is jealousy of the very thing that God had given Joseph himself. And uh, because of envy, you'll find that uh, they were jealous. They were envious of it. And because of that, that in later in the story of his life, you'll find that they moved uh, to do away with this young man. Then you'll find uh, that uh, because of this envy, they wanted to sell him. They wanted to get rid of him. They wanted to uh, dispose of him. Basically, they wanted to see what would happen of his dreams. They wanted to see, you know, did God really speak to this young man? Has God uh, really given this man a young young man a vision? And so consequently, they wanted to control his destiny. They wanted to uh, propel him, amen, into a place where nothing could take place. Nothing can, nothing can happen with this young man. But here's the, here's the point that we learn from this whole thought process the end result of their attitudes was a conspiracy to do away with him. But uh, in that, they thought they could control his destiny. Only God could control his destiny. God used their attitudes. God used their actions uh, actually to move Joseph from his father's house and eventually take him to Potiphar's house. And this was a, a moving forward in the purposes of God. And so many times when we as individuals, God is moving in our lives and he is bringing us along in his purposes, he'll use negative things. He'll use things that people say. He will use the actions of other people to help move us along and take us uh, to the destiny that God has for us. So when we look at, look at negative things in life and we experience those things, uh, take a look and give some serious thought to, was God in this? Is God in this? Can God use negative things? And the answer is, yes, he can. And many times he uses negative things uh, to get our attention and to get us to move from one state or one position or one place to another. And so God uses these things. It reminds me of the scripture, God works good out of all things. So arm yourself with that thought process. If you have seemingly been mistreated or you have been misunderstood or you have been rejected, realize that God can use that to propel you. Don't take a, and let that rest in within yourself and cause you to become bitter. Rather, realize God is for you and God is going to use these things and God has used these things to move you to the position that God has for you. So anyway... These attitudes were used to move Joseph to his next season in life, to his next house, if I could say it that. He went from his father's house to Potiphar's house. And you're going to find that in the life story of Joseph, he basically was involved in 13 different houses. And when we go through this study, we will consider each house. We will consider what happened in each house and the purpose of each house and what uh, effect it had on him, and eventually what effect it had on 
uh, others, not only his own family, but the nation uh, of Egypt and the nations of the world. So we find then, you know, he starts uh, from his father's house, the beginning. He proceeds from there to Potiphar's house. He proceeds uh, into uh, the jailhouse, all kinds of different houses that he experienced in his life. And so consequently, each house had a had a direct purpose. I'm going to say it again, a direct purpose for and to and through him. And so your seasons that you go through, you're going to experience those same things. It's going to have a, an effect on you. And that effect not only is going to change you and modify your heart and modify your life, but it's going to be used, amen, to touch other people's lives and to give them hope and to give them uh, an understanding of God and an understanding of his ways. Many times, uh, I don't know about you, but as I look at the, the dealings of God in my own life, I haven't always understood. I haven't un, um, really realized what was going on and what was the purpose of this. And and so sometimes I have had to turn around and adjust my attitude and go through the process of forgiveness and go through the process of um, humbling myself and realizing God is in control, God is working, God is doing things. And because God is doing things, he's preparing me, he's developing me, he's He's doing things in me, not only just for myself, but it is the preparations of God to flow through me and to flow through you to others so that you can minister the life of God, minister the life of God in understanding Minister the life of God and bringing hope. Ministering the life of God and bringing healing and restoration many times. Too many times people have misunderstood God and they've turned their back or they've walked away. It is not a... When God works through us and in us, it is not for us to turn away. Rather, he wants us to run to him and he wants us to seek him out. He wants us to run to the tower, run to his name, run into his presence, uh, because it's there that we find the answers uh, that we need. It reminds me of uh, James chapter 1, brethren, count it all joy when you fall into trials and testings. Uh, uh, he says, uh, let it work in you. And then he says, it will yield the peaceable fruit of righteousness in your life. And not only that, but he says, ask wisdom in these things. It's the wisdom of God that we need, amen, in understanding and in going through the process that God has for us. So ask God for wisdom. Ask God for wisdom. Know he's out to do you good. Know that the season you're in, if it's difficult, know it is, he is there in it. And he wants to show himself to you. He wants to provide for you that which you need to emotionally and to uh, understand it and to walk in it in knowledge and grow in God himself. So be encouraged today. Be encouraged today. The season you're in, just like Joseph, he went through many seasons. We all go through many seasons. Encourage one another today and say, yep, I'm in the season of God. And uh, maybe you're in a season where, you know, new life is springing and everything is looking good and you're progressing along. Others of us might be in the season when winter is upon us, the leaves have fallen, the tree seems bare, there is no life. Uh, well, as sure as there's no life, there will come a spring time, there will come a spring season, new life will come, new, new life will come. So take heart, we're in the process of God together. So we want to... 
Uh, now I want to take and consider uh, Jacob for a few moments and look at this house that uh, Joseph was born into. We've looked at the family. We've looked at the family attitudes, but now we need to go and we need to consider uh, the family uh, concerning the father of the family. And when we look at the father of the family, he had different attitudes concerning uh, his sons. And specifically, the Bible speaks of Joseph and what his attitude was towards his son. In Genesis chapter 37, verse 3, you'll find that Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children. And because he was the son of his old age, he made him a coat of many colors. So we find then here that Israel loved Joseph more than his children, all the rest of his children. Now, this obviously was felt, and this is why part of the attitudes from the other brothers towards him uh, came into effect because they recognized the love that the father had for this young man. Uh, I would like to suggest to you, be, God loves us. He loves each one of us. He loves all of us. And because of the love of God, whether you know it or not, the love of God can actually cause you some consternation. Why is that? Because God loves you and he set his love upon you uh, that sets you at odds with the devil, with the kingdom of darkness. You are automatically an enemy of the kingdom of darkness when the love of God comes upon you and he saves you and he brings you into his family and that love is dispersed in your life and through your life. You'll find that the enemy does not like that. And this very thing happened in his family in the natural. His father loved him. And because his father loved him, they could not speak peacefully to him. They hated him. And But in the house that Joseph was raised in, his father was had a heart of love for him. That was the first thing that we find the, about Joseph concerning his son. And the second thing we're going to consider in the house of his father, um, Joseph was given two dreams. These two dreams, once again, um, he expounded them to his family and they responded accordingly. But in your beginning, and I'm going to call it this, in your father's house, in your beginning of your seasons of your relationship with God, one of the things that he does is he gives us a dream. He gives us vision. He gives us destiny. He gives us plans. He gives us of himself to forward us in our life, in our experience with him. So in the father's house, that's what Joseph experienced. He experienced, uh, amen, two dreams that basically took him his lifetime to walk out. And this is, this is exciting because when God gives us dreams, when God gives us purpose, it is for a lifetime of experiencing God and a lifetime of fruitfulness, a lifetime of growing, a lifetime of knowing God. Amen. So you'll find then that in his house, in our house, in our season, in our beginnings, one of the first things that comes to us and is the fact that God has destiny for each one of us. God has plans for each one of us. God has purpose for each one of us. And and then he many times he begins to open that um, 
And I don't, uh, did not, and you probably did not either, understand everything that God had for you. It was a process of growing and knowing God. It's a process of him speaking something and opening it up to you and causing you to grow in it and to function in it. So this, this thing of purpose, this thing of destiny, is an ever-expanding, ever-growing uh, experience with God. And not only is it an experience with God, but it is an experience that spills out into the life of others. Now, let's take into consideration of this. God gave him two dreams. He didn't give his, his brothers the dreams. He gave them to him. And that caused difficulty. People, as a whole, many times do not understand what God gives you. And that creates problems for us. And even in that whole process of God giving that to you, many times we like to share that with others. And many times people don't understand. It's not everyone that understands your vision. It's not under, everyone that understands your dream. And so it behooves us to find those who have grown in the way of God and have walked with God and know uh, a little bit about destiny and a little bit about purpose and uh, glean from them as they have walked out what God has given them. Share it with those kinds of people. Other people will sometimes mock, sometimes laugh, sometimes, well, who do you think you are? Well, we are amen, the sons of God. We are the children of God. We are, amen, loved of our Father. And because we're loved of our Father, He demonstrates His love to us. And He demonstrates part of that love by sharing His heart, His destiny, His plan for each one of us. So we've received that personal destiny. That He did that, amen, in the uh, Father's house. When Joseph shared his dreams with the brethren and with his family. Uh, his his brothers envied him, he said. But I like what uh, the Bible says here concerning how his father uh, rehandled that. First of all, he rebuked him. and uh, But then after that, he not only rebuked him, but it, it's, it says some different things to him that kind of show the heart of the father in relationship to the dream that he gave Joseph and to the dreams that God gives us. His brothers envied him, the Bible says, in Genesis 37, verse 11. But his father observed the saying. He observed the saying. Interesting word, this word observed. Interesting word. It, it, it means this. It means to hedge about as with thorns. It reminds me of the shepherd... Uh, in days gone by, when they would take their sheep and they would take them into the high plateaus and and feed them, and then at night they would they would take the the thorny bushes that were maybe probably like tumbleweeds and make a an enclosure, stack those thorny weeds upon one another and make an enclosure and put the sheep in it, and then sleep in the doorway, and those thorny bushes, the thorns were so so sharp and so long that nothing could penetrate the wall of the thorny bushes to get to the sheep. They were enclosed. They were protected. And so when he says here that he was, um, he was there and observing what Joseph had been given, he was there hedging about as with thorns. He was 
protecting the very thing that God had given uh, this young man, this dream that this young man had given. And he not only protected it and guarded it, but it, it also means he attended to it. Your Heavenly Father, when he gives you a dream, when he gives you a destiny, when he gives you a purpose, he's the one who hedges it about. He's the one who oversees it. He's the one that looks out for you to bring you to your purpose and your destiny and to the fulfillment of what he wants to do in your heart and life. So today, listen, God loves you. Not only does he love you, but he protects and he watches over and hedges your life in to bring to completion the very thing that he puts within you. Because it's not your idea, it's God's idea. It's God's purpose. It's initiated by him. And because it's initiated by him, he watches over his word because his word doesn't return void. But his word that comes forth in your life, it will come about and bring about the very thing that God wants to do. The third thing that we find that is involved in this father-son relationship was that the brethren, uh, Joseph's brethren, were out taking care of the sheep, and his father sends him to go and to uh, see how they're doing. And so there is something else that takes place here concerning the father here. Let's read Genesis 37:12. And his brethren went to feed their father's flocks in Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, Do not thy brethren feed the shock and feed the flock in Chesham, come, and I will send thee unto them. And he said, here am I. So Joseph's attitude was, here I am, Dad, I'm ready to go, uh, you send me, okay? And he said, I pray you, see whether it be well with your brothers, and well with the flocks, and bring me word again. So he sent him out of the vale of Hebron, and he came to, to Shechem. So we find that the father sent him. This is another thing that happens in the father's house under the father's care, he is one that sends you, sends you. Now, this notice where he's sent to. Whenever there's a, a, a name given or whenever there's a place in the Bible, it has a definite meaning. It has a definite purpose. And this particular name of this place that he was sent to, it means the neck between the shoulders, the neck between the shoulders as a place of burdens. It means to incline the shoulder to a burden. You see, when he said, I'm going to send you, he said, here am I. What he was really doing, he was bowing down and he was inclining himself to receive the burden, to receive uh, this command that his father had given him. And it, what it really does, it's like this. It loads up on him responsibility. It means to start off early in the morning. Start off early in the morning and take on this responsibility. Take it on with an attitude of, here I am, I'm ready for this. So when he was in his father's house, his father sent him, he sent him to Shechem. And when he says he sent him to Shechem, he was saying, I watch over your vision. I watch over your calling. I send you now and I send you to a place where I'm going to put responsibility upon you. I'm sending you to a place uh, where you're going to learn and you're going to grow in this very thing that I have given you. So I'm sending you. So your father loves you. Your father watches out over your vision and over your purpose. And then comes the time when he sends you and he puts upon you the place of 
responsibility that he sends you to, he puts upon you that uh, responsibility for you to begin to fulfill the very thing that he sends and puts on you. So today, we're going to stop here this, this day, and we're going to consider once again, listen, he's born into a family, lots of bad attitudes, lots of things come to him, but he's given a vision, he's given a purpose, and God, his Father, sends him, just like he sends us, and he puts upon us responsibility, puts upon us, amen, burden, puts upon us responsibility so that we can go forth and do the very thing that God wants us to do. The Lord bless you.